Hello, welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Nordics region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Josh Asquith, and I help businesses to connect with top tech freelance talent. Today, I'm your host. Today, I'm joined by Daniel Tiedstrom, Pedro Camargo, and Audrius Janusz-Solsis. So what I'm going to do today, guys, is I'm going to ask everybody to go around the... I'm going to go around and ask everybody to introduce themselves. So, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and about your passions. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, my name is Daniel Sidström. I'm uh, currently working as a, a senior partner and consultant at uh, DataEdge, uh, um, um, so startup consultancy firms uh, in, in the Nordics. Um, so, yeah, my passions... Uh, Data is actually one of the passions, and I sort of pivoted into that field uh, early in my career. But outside that, I would say two things. I'm a big golfer now. I sort of rediscovered that uh, from being lost a few years. And I'm also doing um, electronic music production on my spare time. Uh, so questionable talent in both areas, but uh, it's fun. Awesome. Thank you very much. Pedro? Yeah, I'm Pedro Camargo. I'm a senior analytics manager uh, for Klarna. Uh, been working uh, within uh, the buy now, pay later slash shopping industry now for three and a half years. Uh, back uh, before that, uh, like a decade, around a decade with big banks. Um, passionate about, well, uh, outdoors, uh, sports in general. Uh, I don't play football anymore uh, because of the knee, but this uh, I used to love doing that. Uh, love music as well. Uh, what else? I think that's that's pretty much it. I can pass the word to others. Thank you, Pedro. Oh, my name is Odus. I am the manager for project performance office at Boofup, an industrial company or a supply chain partner for many industries. Um, I've been with uh, with working with the data or around the data for the last seven years or so, but uh, probably throughout my career in, in Boofup, I've more or less been doing analytics and business analytics side. I'm uh, passionate about many things. Data is one of them, and actually just really, not recently, but a couple of years ago, rediscovered the data analytics programming, let's say. So that got really hooked me, uh, hooked me up, and and I spent weekends to do that uh, quite quite significantly. And uh, a part of a part of that, and, and these days as well, is very capped. It's uh, two daughters. One of them is eight months old, and that consumes the rest of my passions quite significantly in the past. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, a Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So now we've all got to meet our guests on today's podcast. We are discussing the topic of bridging the gap between business and analytics. So we've got to know our we've got to know each of the people in this podcast. Everybody has brought a question. The first question that we have is was brought to us by Daniel. And the question is regarding the background of the statement bridging the gap. Why do most organizations have this gap 
How does the gap manifest itself and what are the consequences? Daniel, do you want to tell us a little bit about the question and then we'll open the floor to discussion? Uh, sure. Um, but I, I can do that. I mean, maybe as a bit of context, uh, I'll add my, my background, which is uh, like starting at uh, Scania Tracks as a management trainee and sort of started actually working with data and data warehousing and, uh, and analytics in, in that space. And then I've transitioned across like multiple industries uh, from uh, like banking, sports betting into tech, and then uh, also working with larger enterprises. And I think while the gap is probably existing everywhere in, in some sense, I, I think it sort of has different historical reasons for be, for existing and it manifests itself in, uh, in various ways. So I think understanding that has always been like one key pointer of uh, trying to solve it as well. Like, is it is the gap uh, a competence issue, data literacy issue? Is it a organizational issue with, with people being too far away from each other? Um, so I, I think it's in general like an, an interesting interesting perspective on why why there is and what the differences are between like older mature companies and uh, the sort of new kids on the block. Awesome. As I don't know, it would be interesting to maybe hear Pedro. Maybe you can compare as well, like that from from going from big banking into that are now more of a fintech. Yeah, exactly. I would say both um, industries, if 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 you can call them separate industries, because they are working in a similar problem space, but still uh, very different uh, companies in in the sense that how they are organized, uh, even though they're both are uh, very data-driven. Uh, I would say the way that they use the data to make uh, decisions is completely different. Uh, I would say for banks, for instance, uh, they are very pretty much relying on data and understanding like what is the business impact uh, of whatever you, we're proposing. Uh, but on the other hand, like how that data is consumed and actually used takes forever to to get uh, to uh, to get there. So mainly because the hierarchical structure of the company is massive, and like how the like priority forums and all of this uh, are pretty massive. And like so, if you have an, uh, a finding that is business worthy, uh, sometimes it takes six months for for it to be uh, applied. Right. Quana, uh, on the other hand, uh, very agile uh, company. Uh, and I think like decisions are made based on data, uh, but the problem is, or it changed a little bit from the past year or so. Uh, but I would say like historically or back before um, 21 or 22, sorry, uh, it was essentially like, what kind of data are we using to, to make the decision? Like what are the, the main KPIs that we, that we are looking at? So each one of the teams has a different way of uh, consuming that data uh, and First, we never actually put the pieces pieces of the puzzle together to understand how that will actually impact the business as a whole. Um, and the other thing is how we are looking at the, the business, right? Because one thing is, okay, uh, I don't know, I'm I'm basing this, um, changing this priority for the sake of the consumer or whatever we want to to achieve or whatever whichever KPI we're aiming for but the how that impacts the, the business itself was always kind of second thought in, in a way right uh, because we as tech companies money up until like recently was not really an issue uh, like uh, 
having capital was not really a blocker for 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 to drive the business uh, and as well like uh, of course very pro customer right uh on like contrary to to uh, not all banks but most banks like uh, customer needs are put second thought as well i can continue on that thought um then why 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 the gaps appear in the first place uh, i think my my experience of course and a bit of background that i'm working for for both for for over a decade right now and in different positions i've been from sales towards uh, supply chain more system development and into venture into the data or let's say management of the data and analytics um, very clo- working closely with the senior management um, so they've seen the transition of the industrial company which is let's say typically you say the industrial companies are behind the you know fintech or banking or any other uh uh, sort of this uh, more data-driven product, data-driven companies. So for me, that uh, the the appearing gap is rather connected very much with the the resources or the knowledge that you have in the company, and, and being because a lean organization or a small organization, of course, we reliant on a person or a you know a, a set of persons, and then when that person departs for whatever reasons, you you re- basically get a hole, and in this case, you get a hole on all day, I say on multiple areas, right? As for the for the knowledge, the way we work, why we work, what KPIs we work on, and and the, the technical maybe technical hole as well, right? And on top, of you we can add the data and the the whole IT blooming of IT infrastructure, changing technologies, which is so rapid, and all adaptation, all new fancy things, where you not simply not able to um, to even gather the technical knowledge if needed, or an, um, an absorb that technical knowledge. So I think it's quite like very fast-paced moving part where you cannot simply companies cannot adapt and you just where you're left with a gap either uh, you know the change of of the policies or strategies eventually comes in and, and wants to do you know sort of you you would like to do the the, the leap there and, and there's a huge gap but you know to goes to where towards let's say ai driven or machine learning during parts where you don't do the basics which is you know the data the clean data data management which is everybody knows that but the realization of it continuous investment and, and channeling that that thought that we need to you know imp- always improve our data setup uh, has been lacking behind in the in the general industry i think um, of course not maybe less in the in the more tech driven industry but in general it has been there and they're catching up right now quite significantly i think i've seen it in our company i've seen it in our customers which are you know uh, could be in automotive or other because they are stepping up in the it it part uh w- one of the parts regarding how I see those uh, in my book, uh, you know, it's quite <clears throat> straightforward. Again, having smaller team is that you 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 have demotivated a technical team. Uh, either they are leaving you, or they are you know not really so happy to enthusiastic to work. Uh, which is, I think, it's uh, extremely important because eventually you are producing something that will be uh, hopefully bring value to the organization quite quickly. But it's not obvious that it's bringing value as well. So you you have that and on the technical side, and then I also um, thought sometimes thought about the complexity that uh, requests that you are getting. So they know like what things you are channeled through. If they're in, in the things that you are um, being getting as let's say requests or the orders that you're getting are becoming less complex, that meaning the gap is increasing in my book because it's the the amount of data that we are generating or every company generating um, i can just imagine what banking can generate or you know facebook that's like mind-bothering fun with the amount of data they're generating but even on the industrial level we generate a lot of amount of data so so for me the the request for a data product or or, or kpis analytics should be only com, um, you know uh, sort of growing in complexity 
because we have covered the basics. You know, we have covered the basic in you know supply chain optimization type of uh, on-time deliveries or whatever. Those are covered usually the on the first goal. And financial terms are covered by you know years of financial reporting, of course. So everything else is uh, sort of a game to be explored and that help us to to improve every single process. So if you, if whenever I feel that we the complexity is uh, sort of the team is not challenged, I think that where the gap is in becoming, you know, visible or increasing. Um, so, um, yeah, and I thought, of course, that is a dangerous trap because eventually you get this gap that either the team is not motivated or uh, it's not being delivered to the same. The technical gap is there, then it's simply not being answered towards the needs of business. So, yeah, that yeah, would be uh, my thinking. I think it's quite interesting. I, I don't know. One, one, one thing, I guess, is also has to do with like product life cycles as well. I, I know when when I was trying to <laughs> sort of drive data-driven innovation at Scania, this this was like super long time ago. But that was basically when uh, when like semi-modern AI platforms started coming to life. We, we could do that when we were working more on the. I was doing mostly supporting the sales and marketing units, which were sort of entrepreneurial and very much fast-paced, like the selling selling trucks, delivering it, having the services side. While at sort of head office, it was more like focusing on the next generation of trucks, and that was like seven-year life cycles, uh, which is pretty far from like being agile in, in a tech company as like say Epidemic Sound or Spotify, where I've been working, is like the UX and then the agile nature of trying things and constantly improving, getting feedback is sort of a bit different as well. How it how it sort of applies to. Um, to analytics and, and the actual value on, of analytics, but I, I guess that's ch- changing a lot in industry nowadays as well, with like IoT and sensors and more, more sort of services uh, services attached to to the product, not only selling the product, but actually like managing the life cycle and the total cost of ownership and those things. Uh, exactly, I think you are on the spot here because we are we're seeing this maybe not. Um, you know, defining or, or being so vocal about it, but in the industry, you can see that it's not not anymore delivery or it's not a you know logistic service per se. It's actually the management of supply chain, for example, as, as in our book. And that management of supply chain eventually drills down to it's a data. So you you know you are planning and you are calibrating your 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 um, let's say you know the whole supply chain, and that's eventually data product one way or the other. Data and your analytical cap- uh, capacity product. Um, because yes, the goods needs to be there, but they are becoming this you know, just in time in the full, in the long, long lead time, which is very much data driven, very much accuracy of, of you know, from integrating um, uh, some sort of data exchange with the with a producer, with the transport company, with the local warehouses, with the deliveries. All of this is sort of becomes completely you know data driven product, and uh, and uh, I think that's a very on the spot that is coming about, and and you also see the I think the the, the talking partners with the with the customers as well, the way they are younger, more data savvy, you know, uh, uh, digital generation where they expect to uh, expect to have that data input from from all the directions. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think that's quite quite accurate. Perfect. Thank you very much. So the next question that we have to discuss between the guys is brought to us by Pedro, and the question is why do we bridge the gap, and what is the importance of asking why do we bridge the gap? between the business and analytics. So Pedro, do you want to give us some more information about the question? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, I mean, it's pretty standard uh, for people or companies in general to think like, yes, we need to be data-driven. Uh, we need to 
uh, look at KPIs. Um, we need to like connect uh, the dots with the financials and so forth. Uh, but I have like a few uh, thoughts around like using data doesn't really mean that you're data driven uh, if you don't use it the right way. Uh, and the second is, uh, of course, like at least like in most interactions that I had like with uh, both in banking and uh, and with, with the tech companies, uh, it's every team is KPI driven. But what does KPIs actually mean, right? Is is it relevant for the business uh, specifically? Uh, because I saw like over <laughs> the last um, three years or a little bit a little bit more that I'm working for Kana that like. People are using data. People have like their set of KPIs. They have like their own uh, infrastructure, but sometimes it's uh, it, it doesn't really mean much for for in a business context, right? Uh, we're like examples like yes, I'm measuring behavior X from consumers, but first, uh, is that actionable? And second, if like if it if that is like how that we can transform that into act like into to business value, right? And I think those two like uh, are basically what I saw uh, many teams lacking. Uh, it's like actionability, uh, like transforming something or having meaningful KPIs and actually being able to drive action out of it. Awesome, thank you, Andreas. Yeah, I, I had a thought, or I'm a very much a believer about sort of commercializing your knowledge. Um, so that's that's probably how I try to also uh, drive the, the whole, our initiative for data analytics. Uh, one thing that I, I think it's important in, in my book uh, for the technical team to become more commercialized, and this is exactly this, you know, think about the revenue, think about what I develop, uh, what we develop or a solution we provide that actually bring us this value, that I, I'm almost for the pers personal selfish reasons, I think that it helps them to develop as a pro the prof professional experts or experts, because any, whatever business knowledge you can take on in your set of skills, you are bringing so much more value to the, if not the same company to the next company. So there's like uh, almost, it's a given that I would like to push my employees or everybody to to bridge that gap there, knowledge gap between, you know, the, the, what generates revenue, because then, uh, you know, you are more capable as pers uh, personal and you simply, you know, expand your your possibilities in the future. So I think it's like a sort of a bit of self-development uh, self self driven or maybe, um, you know, um, Selfishly driven that you should be considered at least uh, in your know, team, teams, team wise, um, and for for companies in general, I, I think it's also uh, the, the company or the organization in general. I think that's the, the on the spot where you spend your resources. That's quite straightforward. So needs to be in, in we need to in, invest one way or the other in that in that uh, um, coupling with uh, with the revenue type of what generates revenue, what helps us to generate revenue. Uh, to be on the spot and then you know help out help the company eventually that's what we are here for as well develop ourselves develop the company and grow and then do funnier fun, nicer things with the growth that we have or as they say hide under the growth that we have right so if you have a lot of growth a lot of expansions you can do you are you're allowed to do the revenue is influencing or inflow of revenue allows you to do more fancy things yeah exactly and connecting a little bit i saw kind of a major change in how tech companies uh think about like the the usage of data uh because like it recently i would say like a year year and a half maximum uh well capital uh became more expensive so it became like uh, being profitable became something really relevant for tech companies in general right 
So not only like measuring their own KPIs, but being able to know how that is actually moving the needle, uh, like from a PNL perspective, became extremely relevant, right? So I'd say like at, at that point in time, some of the companies and Klarna included, uh, not like everywhere at Klarna, but some specific areas, we realized we didn't have like a good connection between what the business was developing and how that actually affects our bottom line uh, profit profits, right? And I, and I think it's, uh, I mean, I agree with both of you. And I think looping back to what you said in the beginning, Pedro, I think asking ourselves as well, sort of why, why should we become data-driven? Because data-driven in itself, I mean, unless you manifest it in a, in a certain way, doesn't provide any sort of inherent value. I mean, you need to somehow use data to solve business problems, solve uh, solve challenges for uh, for the companies we work with, or ultimately generate value. I think that is also important and and also a good way to 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 sort of eliminate some waste. I think like um, I've been in s several situations where we've sort of been asked to do an A/B test, for example, and then I've always asked like, okay, so what is the outcome? What happens if the fa uh, test fails? We, we don't see an uplift. Will, will you pull back? Will you stop from launching the product? And they're like, no, 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 we, we will still launch. And then, yeah, but skip the experiment and launch it two weeks earlier instead, because that's, uh, it will not provide any additional value. At the same time, I, I think that, of course, there is a lot of value in, uh, in working with, with data and analytics. And I think I, I was having a sort of opening remarks at Data Innovation Summit uh, the other week. Uh, and I, I think I even mentioned it that, I mean, one key driver, as you said, Pedro, as well, money is more expensive. So the path to value is shorter and much more sort of streamlined, which I think is good. Uh, but one one blocker, I think, is uh, is this gap. And I, I think that for many, in many ways, I mean, it shouldn't even be there. It shouldn't exist. We shouldn't even bridge it. We should probably eliminate it in, in many ways because most businesses today, we are living in a more competitive landscape. Uh, the marketplaces we act on is uh, much more complex than it ever has been. New entrants coming in and a lot of disruptions happening. I mean, having having a good analytics capability is part of business today. It's not a separate entity. So I think sort of co-locating that and sort of not having one hand dusting and then uh, the other hand being responsible for the outcomes. I mean, it should be basically if you do things, you should also be accountable for providing the uh, the insights and the outcomes and actually like mapping it to to corporate impact and I think uh, it's probably a better way to to co co-locate in in many circumstances which is uh, I mean what what we did at like epidemic and Spotify again it was like all part of the same team An analysts were uh, part of the mix always um that, that is quite interesting to hear of course that you know co-located because so I, I have a bit of experience had a, a bit of experience when we um you know it's very easy to distance the technical team and now i'm talking about the you know commercialized you know selling products and so on for you know selling products to the to the, or services to the to the customers and then having the technical team that sort of kind of know th things or should know things and, and the, the analyst business analyst and so on and that's a bit of danger of how you can distance yourself, become too technical. Oh, okay, that's you know the people that are handling reporting and what and data and infrastructure and all the other you know uh, IT things as you can label IT things. Where it's uh, actually what what you know where we're supposed to do is actually the d data is eventually driving some of the decisions, right? And that gap, it's very sensitive thin line I think for industrial companies. If you're not built in, that we actually 
the people who who feel the data, who know the data, who sees the data, can actually give you an input. Um, and, and I think it's the danger zone, uh, and therefore the the whole strategy, or if I may say, the main strategy program was some sort of commercial commercializing that that uh, I, I, um, technical skills towards the commercial output, and vice versa. It is it's much needed in every organization. Otherwise, it's it becomes the uh, you know, you're walking into some sort of trap of, of uh, listening to yourself and then not absorbing, not catching up and losing, of course, the bits for, for the customers. I, I think adding adding one thing there, I, I totally agree. And it, it becomes a bit of a problem. I mean, if you have, if you're not working together, it's, it can be really hard for the uh, analytics team to understand the business context and like see the analytical angles on the business problems. And on the other hand, it might be very difficult for uh, for the business side to understand uh, the capabilities, what, what data is available, what can we do, uh, what what methods are are there to to do, and 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 then you sort of get uh, into a situation where you work with requirements, and and the, the people that are expected to write the requirements don't know what's possible, and, uh, and the people receiving the requirements. Cannot really judge if 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 it's uh, if it's the if the requirements matches the actual needs. So I think it becomes really hard to to make good deliverables, and I think that sort of also puts a wedge in the gap as well. To like, uh, we can't work with analysts because they don't understand what I'm looking for, and uh, and on the analyst side, they are uh, the business. They they have no clue what they're talking about. They know nothing about this, and then you just widen the gap. Uh, in many ways. So I think really working close together and iteratively is probably the best way because you also increase the, the mutual understanding, uh, which improves things in general. Yeah, I really love the example, Daniel, uh, mainly because you just described what how the big old school banks uh, typically work. So I have like the team or the, 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 I don't know, the area of analysts, you have like the area of the IT have like uh, the product managers or the uh, project managers. And not only there is bureaucracy, it's very siloed uh, in the, the ways of working, right? Uh, so like uh, white noise between the communication is like a, a big deal, right? Uh, the requirements are not set correctly because they are speaking different languages, right? Uh, I mean, I was really amazed when I started Klarna uh, Mainly because the teams are uh, basically multidisciplinary, right? So you have like the software engineer, the analyst, uh, the designer, like all of the different competences within the same team, right? So this uh, becomes more like a lot faster, and like the the uh, how the, the the communication happens between the different moving parts on the, on a specific project, like becomes a lot uh, <laughs> the the the. Um, it becomes a lot faster and more efficient in general, right? Uh, the problem is like then we have several different analysts spread like throughout the company, right? And they work very different differently, and they set or the the, the each team has set their own uh, ways of working with data, right? And that creates a second type of problem, like you don't have the standardization in how we think about uh, prioritization and and how data products should work, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, it's a lot faster. I think it's I can definitely see the benefits of it. I, I had a thought as well from my previous experience when I worked both in sales and, and within supply chain, we're doing some of the operational part as well. It's uh, And this kind of connects very much with that bridging the gap um, or the, the, the lead time for delivery, that you know, being an analyst and understand what you need. 
it's easier when you build it for yourself. So that would be sort of one of the things that, you know, if you embed also, why do I make this faster? Why I can consult whomever orders? Because, well, I actually done it myself. Even if on a small scale, you kind of get that perspective. So it's easier to discuss because if you are completely separate, then, you know, it's that specification issue becomes because it's never specified enough. If you, you know, for, for a technical team and it's always too much work to specify for, for the business part. And I also had an issue, I think, uh, several times where, when it's hard to get help and uh, hard to help, meaning that if you uh, get consultants on board, uh, they might have been working with, for example, banking, and that's the perspective of the data sets uh, and uh, the, the, the way you approach problems is completely different from, from, from our issues. And that takes like some time to onboard the knowledge of the local company or the, of the company or the industry. And here's where this, you know, you need to invest in that, in that commercial knowledge in inside of the organization, my book, because otherwise it becomes quite, you know, typical question that we have is, should we hire a consultant to tell us what to do with the data? It's like, probably not, because it's, they will be surprised or they will have experience with, a, you know, a vast amount of data that we do not have, or there's no value of it. When you think about banking, I think about millions and millions of transactions, behavior analysis, you know, the customer behavior, where in our company, yeah, we've, the consultants try to sell, sell us, you know, customer churn, um, project is, now we have you know some of the items are you know sort of ordered 50 times a year that's not really the the data points that you need or actually that kind of customer churn and that aspect is hard you know this is only few people in organization actually can can really tell the gap that it's like no we cannot we cannot engage in those kind of projects or we simply waste time and uh, either learn something or not hopefully but uh, maybe not so much so and, and connecting to another topic that you mentioned uh, regarding like complexity i think you're mentioning like I don't know, a company this size using, I don't know, machine learning models for, for like a specific purpose, if that's, if that's really needed, right? Because you can like transform data into like the complexity, the sky is the limit, right? But the question is, do you really need, need to get, go that far, right? Because I would say like there is a learning process or a learning curve in terms of how you use that information to make decisions, right? I remember one very anecdotal example back in the day, like uh, banks, I was back in Brazil still, and the bank that I used to work for, they were very eager to use machine learning algorithms like in every opportunity they they could, right? Uh, and my question was like, do we need to, to do that? Like, Because from my perspective, like one simple decision tree or one simple rule would basically be an, an excellent start. So like um, we started working with something that was completely alien for us. We ended up with a good result, but I think we took like, I don't know, six times the time uh, to get to the same conclusion than if we used, I don't know, a simple room. Uh, but anyway, it's a good reflection about like data products and how com complex they, they need to be, like not the, as they can be, right? And they're becoming, they're simply, they're becoming extremely, uh, uh, complex you know they're becoming a data products and it's not 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 a report anymore we used to say a fun joke we had a t-shirt saying uh just add another column you know as the, and that column is right again the report is a completely different data set that you need to map out from three different systems but just add another column that's a typical joke that we had uh, going on but it's it's just becoming such a mass work and so many hours actually put in to to produce uh uh, you know, well-designed KPI and also the, the data sources and transformation that is happening. It's wow. And on top, add another investment of the, you know, not the statistical uh, in K KPI, but machine learning KPI would be um, an interesting waste, uh, not waste, sorry, 
I always say the investment of time, let's say like this, maybe not waste, but investment, investment of time. But I, I, I think that is <clears throat> critical. I, I have some, some things. I mean, first of all, like that, that the divide between sims and the uh, sort of requirements and deliverables, I, 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 I don't know. It was a long time since I heard about that sort of a new trending role was like, uh, data translators. And I think that's like totally wrong way to go. It's, uh, I mean, instead let the analyst and the business person talk to each other. I, I think that will sort of solve it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have a translator in place. So it was just a reflection, but otherwise I, I agree very much with both. Like, I mean, obviously being a part of a consulting firm myself now, I think you should never outsource you. You must stay on top and own your own problems and any sort of efforts in, uh, data analytics or any other solution. I mean, you should have the problem first and you should understand that the problem is important to solve and how it benefits the business. Then you can talk to the consultants perhaps to see if they can help out, but no, not sort of buying packaged solutions that looks nice because it's, uh, I, I think it's, a, I, I always like working from, from a problem approach and then looking for a solution. Uh, um, but also, yeah. What, what was I, I coming to? Um, uh, I lost lost my train of thought there. Um, uh, oh, I yeah. Simple simple solutions. Um, I'm second that as well. We had one case that I was gonna talk about also in in a previous finance or fintech company. We had like we were doing an audit on like price versus volume uh, for certain things, and we had all idea all kinds of ideas about like anomaly detection and uh, advanced machine learning models to figure it out. And I was like, yeah, but what if we do just a scatter plot first and, and look at the relation? <laughs> and it was like super clear what what the problems were. It took us like ten minutes instead of uh, three four weeks. So, thank you very much. And the final question to be discussed with our panelists today as posed to us by Audrius. And the question is how to bridge the gap between business process owners, business users, and the technical team while everybody's on different data analytics maturity levels. So Audrius, do you want to talk us through the question? Uh, yes, I, th I think we mentioned a couple of things here during the discussions already that there is some gap between what you ordered, the data translation. I think it's a, 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 a quite fun, fun position. <laughs> The same, but I think we the, the problem is that we are usually not at sync at the same time. So we are might be technical capable, but not having the orders to deliver. So we would like to work with something as a, or we would like to work with something fancier, but there's no application of it. Or we cannot, let's say, uh, maybe cannot dream at that point uh, of, of a solution that we need or the KPIs that we need. And we can challenge the technical team to actually deliver it. And then eventually, when whatever we deliver, let's say combine, we are in sync with the technical and orders. Then a question of what we can actually consume. So I think that that's the uh, probably the, the my question is, and the, and then the question to to the panel is how can we bridge this? Uh, what are the you know techniques and tools that you might have been used in the past that actually help us to stay on course and in, in many areas because I believe those holes and gaps appear you know appear and disappear and they, you know we, we do that uh, occasionally ad hoc perspective when we try to bridge it for a period of time, but probably not as consistent as I would like to see. So that's probably my uh, question to the panel. Daniel, maybe you want to you try to swing at it? Um, I can give it a go. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I think you definitely need to respect like uh, different maturity levels and uh, and try to, to uh, address things where they are. And uh, I mean, if, if you, I mean, if, if you, if you're on a team that haven't really sort of figured out like well, what are the core metrics uh, to, to measure impact or what is sort of the 
the role of the team or the North Star metric or something like that, then I guess it's really hard to to jump into a machine learning solution because then you, you will probably set up a, a model to optimize for something, but but you haven't really figured out even if it's the right thing to optimize. So I think starting from from the beginning somewhat, uh, I think is is a good thing and uh, prove iteratively that that there is value and that there is. Uh, 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 benefits to it and then i think it's just a lot of trainings as well that you should also while seeing the gaps in in maturity also like don't overestimate it as well i mean if uh, um, i had a program that was started drafting on like demystifying ai just making like a super small thing like well, what is uh what is a classification model what can it do for you uh, it doesn't have to be like super complex. You don't have to like build it yourself necessarily, but it could be interesting to understand like how it how it works and what problems it can solve, because then it can spark some like inspiration uh, uh, with with the teams we're working with to find and look for new opportunities that they weren't aware of. Um, yeah, I have a very similar perspective to that. Uh, I mean. I worked as a data scientist for a bit more than a year or so. Uh, and one one of the things that I realized while in, in the, in the, working in the problem space, uh, developing uh, machine learning, or not developing, but applying machine learning algorithms, uh, I realized that most of the people requesting us uh, to do something for them, they, they didn't really know what they wanted, right? And the thing is, if you build, you can use the best or the most sophisticated uh, algorithm if your uh, target variable or what you're trying to solve is not actually uh, what will move the needle for you, it won't work, right? You have like a most sophisticated solution that won't bring you value, right? So uh, typically, especially like in in a team, like in a new team or a new problem space or something that is very fresh, uh, setting up like the kind of business goal, meaning like what 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 this team is supposed to solve, and how can we see that uh, like in whatever report we you're already used to? So, for instance, you, th this team is built to I don't know drive some sales sales solutions, right? What is where we should see the outcome of this team, right? And then like set up like what is the the uh, the KPIs for the team and how that co correlates to to what we want to achieve, and then of course like simplicity for me like it is key at first right because as soon as you you understand the the how that the the, the inflow and the process of reiterating with the data works then it becomes like first it's easier to educate when you have like a simple solution uh so for instance if you create a decision tree instead of like a nested model whatever uh, people understand that like the concept is pretty clear so you're like yeah you a set of rules right that is dictating the business. And as soon as people understand how that works, like adding complexity to it make, makes like uh, the, the understanding of it becomes more natural. Of course, not everyone will understand how a machine learning algorithm works, but at least they understand like what is the outcome or, or what is the output of it and what does that mean, right? I think what resonates very much with me, like both of the parts of the training, we try to do that as well. And we we'll, it's always, it's never ending, you know, everybody can, can learn more all the time. So I think that's one of the parts. Um, and that's definitely simplicity of what you mentioned about this um, KPI, let's say KPI setting is, I think the, the governance, the strategic aspect of performance management is, uh, it's what's extremely important. And, and, and in 
maybe in some cases I feel like we, you know, come organization organizations in general like lose a bit of ball of to actually invest in that in that you know the gap of of the strategic you know this is how we measure and then this is what we have to do and then eventually brings down to the technical part. Um, uh, what we have been lucky in Bluefoot a lot to, due to the company is it's, it's um, sort of this solutionist approach and entrepreneurship approach that we're uh, we're quite like so have a bit of freedom to to explore um, and, and that that freedom explorer gives us an, an opportunity to actually try to showcase some of those uh, some of the uh, things that we can do with the data so that's kind of data exploration with two of course to solve the problem and this is where all those topics that we just talked about is actually extremely important because if me as a person or as a technical person do not know the problems that are arising or they're existing in the company like what what kind of showcase you know my algorithm on, on you know, machine learning algorithm on something that uh, there's no problem about, you know, <laughs> or a simple thing that we can actually extrapolate, for example, the, the stock development, which is gives you an impact, you know, the, uh, uh, let's say some sort of uh, a, a more accurate uh, cash flow planning, which is like, you know, in some cases, wow, you do, you, when you think, but it's simple because it's all simple math, right? So uh, I think that the possibility to, I cannot say innovate, but at least showcase what you can do. And of course, uh, idea that if you manage that correctly, in my book, uh, uh, what I aim to do, of course, and we occasionally we did it, but it's not as streamlined, is of course that you would like to challenge the technical team with to gain the business knowledge and uh, maybe use a tool here and there to you know understand whether it's uh, applicable for us. And then, of course, hopefully you have an audience who can be challenged to actually open, the, you know, have a, a big, bigger dreams or actually on board some of the technical parts. So hopefully that bridge the gap some sort of, but um, that's of course rather easy to say in a small organization for me when it's like a personal level, you know, everybody's on the uh, a flat, flat scale and maybe more difficult for, for you guys and uh, in the bigger organizations. Depends, I would say in, in a big organization, I mean, it's all about like proving uh, how, how, how much value you can extract out of it, right? Like if, if you set something like, uh, let's say, like a KPI and you run an A-B test and you, you see that this framework is really, uh, and you believe that this framework really works, like creating a small business case, like you run a test quickly and you show like how that can be a powerful tool to drive the business. As long as people like actually see value, uh, I, I wouldn't expect any blockers around it. I, I think also one one maybe it's not fully related to this but somewhat uh, one thing that i think is maybe the biggest blocker for progress in, in this space is also like how are the teams of the stakeholders that we work with incentivized uh i started thinking about that when when you mentioned problem space pedro because that that is uh to me teams and organizations that talk about problem space and like Data, uh, non, uh, like uh, product discoveries and those kind of things, that that gives me a signal that okay, this is a team that is actually accountable for some kind of outcome, and they're also empowered enough to actually find, identify the most important problems, find find solutions, and then deliver on the the most promising uh, solution. A, a lot of times, I think if the stakeholder is managed just on their handed like. Um, solutions you should deliver this by october then then you need to look for like the value from data in, in a different way then okay how can we how can we make it easier for them to deliver on time because that is sort of how teams are incentivized 
drives very much for obvious reasons for what they prioritize and what they see value in. Uh, and if someone is pushed for delivering something that is predefined on time, then that sort of eliminates the need to talk about experiments because it will not be important. Uh, and so, so I, the most data-driven organizations I have seen is the ones that have like accountable and empowered teams that are actually responsible to to set their own agenda, look for solutions, and, and that also really sort of strengthens and emphasizes the need for data to understand the problem that you're trying to solve. Uh, validating the solution and then sort of uh, achieving some, some outcome. Uh, that, that sounds very, very interesting. Um, some, so, some parts very resonate and I think that to explore a bit more on, on this, um, I, I will of course look into the organization regarding this, you know, sort of um, task of the teams to to uh, to be responsible for specific areas and then, you know, couple them with analytics. I think that's will be extremely powerful. Uh, so something to to, to sort of take with me for sure in the organization and, you know, discuss with you all. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I guess it's uh, like bridging the gap. Um, I've got a question from Yosher as well, like the responsibility for bridging the gap. Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to assign, assign someone specifically. I, I think, I think it ends up very much to, uh, to, to have like, if, if again, if your left hand is doing things, uh, you you can't like just let it do things and ask your right hand. You you need to figure it out. Like if you if you allocate budgets, if you take decisions, you need to be accountable for it as well. And I think if if, if that comes in place, then the need for the need to, the need to talk to the analyst uh, will be there. I think in that case. Yeah, I would say it's more like a change management thing uh, because I would I'd say if you're at the analyst trying to evangelize people around the company it might be like quite tricky if if they don't if people don't buy it right so i think it's a kind of a cultural uh, shift uh, for for the company uh, as a whole i could completely agree with that uh, agree with that i was uh, we knew that when i wanted to say that it's sort of ups for up for grab you know so the, this kind of, uh, of responsibility is really up for grab because um, not saying that it's it's hot potato that people are throwing around but i think it's at least in the industrial part from my experience uh, maybe a lot of realization how that it's there is a gap as we talked today and that you actually need to bridge and actually need to put a lot of efforts in it so there's a responsibility also a bit of mixed you know sometimes we do from the analytical side i feel that it's our responsibility to bridge the gap Sometimes we wait for business uh, to bridge the gap as well, because you know, or whatever. I guess them different maturity things or or seasons or whatever that was. So it's a bit of um, definitely focus area for many organizations. Actually, if you want to be data driven, you need to probably stamp it that there is a responsibility to bridge the gap to make yeah to manage it. And I guess like I mean, just uh, like those simple things. Also, as an analyst, we we are data person because that's mostly at least my recent perspective. I think also like paying a lot of interest into the business, trying to understand what they do, just be passionate about not sort of pushing your agenda on them, but trying to identify and learn about their problems, about their pain points, like what would be their, like what are they thinking about when they when they go to sleep after a bad day? Like well, what are the pain points? What are the problems? I think that is like, as, as, as any sort of interpersonal relationships, it, it starts from some kind of empathy and caring and uh, learning, I would say. Uh, 
And, and if you start there, then I think that's a better approach rather than sort of coming with, yeah, I built a new shiny machine learning model. Do you want to have a look? And they're like, no, why, why should I? Uh, but I think that is like a general thing, regardless of data and analytics or any kinds of like business stakeholders and business colleagues that we interact with, like empathy and uh, learning and curiosity, I think takes you very far as well. Um, I had a thought of, uh, around that point as well, is how to how to see if it's on, you're on the good truck. I, I used to have this, this uh, exercise for myself is that if, or for the, uh, the people that I try to recruit, let's say when I talk. If I see that the person gets excited about the new data and think about not really the model that build it, the problem that I can solve, I was like, oh, oh, oh my God, I got the data about the quotations, meaning I can understand where we are strong or not. And I mean, this this sort of triggers immediately that this is a right approach and also the right approach towards the, you know, sort of actually delivering value. And the, the person, personal-wise, is also a very correct approach, correct fit to the teams, for example. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much to today's guests. And thank you for listening. If you're hiring for a new technical role, or if you're looking for a new role yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop us a message too. I am Josh Asquith. That's A-S-Q-U-I-T-H. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Or you can email me at joshua.asquith at evolution-nordics.com.